Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. Right where you are, would you ask the Lord to speak to you? I just know he wants to talk to you in ways I'm not aware, I don't understand. He understands way more than me. Just right where you are, would you ask our Father in heaven to speak to you? Express your heart to him. Tell him what you need. Father, you know what we need more than I even know what to ask for. So God, we just talk to us. We're, we're just here to listen. Cause your word to come alive. Bring it like to like a spotlight in ways that we need to see today. And I pray that in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, last night, I'm a little tired today because last night was a big night. It was daddy-daughter dance night. And so uh, I think I got a picture because I just want to bring you into our lives for a moment. This is our night last night. This is Emery and Blakely. And we had daddy-daughter dance. And it was intense, y'all. It was so intense. And uh, my daughters are absolutely two different personalities. There's one, my youngest daughter is sprinting 100 yards ahead of us to get in the door. She doesn't care that we're there. She's there because it's all about her, you know? And my Blakely, my oldest, like doesn't care what's happening in the room. Like I, I'm, I'm holding this to my heart because it's so precious to me. She doesn't care about anybody else in the room but dad right now. And she just wants to dance with dad, you know what I mean? Like, and like there's other people on the floor and she doesn't care at all. She's just going full tilt on this dance floor with me and just locking eyes. There is nobody else in the room. We ruled that dance floor for a minute. I'm like literally just pouring sweat. Dads are coming up to me like, nice moves out there, man. Way to go. You know when dads are recognizing other dads, like you're, some, you're something real, you know? I'm going in for my daughter's. But you know, like there was something that happened at the end of the night, I, I was just praying and I was asking the Lord for revelation. And it was so interesting because like I'm having these like feelings from dad point of view to my girls and both of my girls are so different and need different things and I understand what they need and I'm gonna give and treat them a little bit different according to their needs. I pray he meets you according to your need. Your dad sees you. And I saw my daughters in different ways because they're very different. So I met them in the way they needed. But at the end of the night, it was like pitch black and I wanted to bring a video, but I couldn't find one where I was just not being absolutely stupid and I just, just couldn't. And, uh, and it was so dark in there and the music was like, you know, and you get used to that scene. And then all of a sudden the guy's like, all right, last song and we're dancing up there. And then as soon as the last song hits, they flip the lights on and turn the music. And he goes, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, what just happened? And my eyes like hurt, you know? 
And I started thinking about that moment because like a lot of times, I don't know, like if you, if you uh, wake up at night or you're getting up in the morning, your eyes like have a hard time adjusting because the light, you know what I mean? And I feel, I feel like sometimes like when we live a life of darkness and like something that feels a little bit bright, it like stings your eyes for a moment and you like squint and you're like, I don't know if I like the light, you know? I'm not sure I really like this from, but the longer you stay in light, the clearer you begin to see. And I pray if that's been maybe your experience is like, man, the th- some of the things that are said, you're like, oh, I don't know. Just keep your eyes open a little bit and see if you begin to see a little bit clearer. Ask questions. I encourage you to ask questions. It's okay to ask questions. I want to continue to say, I believe you're in the safest place uh, in the world today to ask questions. And I want to start talking about a passage where Jesus' closest friends asked him a question, one that they believed was very important. They said, would you teach us how to pray? They could have asked him anything, y'all. I think it's profound. Like, think about this. This is like one of their big cares. Hey, Jesus, would you teach us this thing? Because like we perceive it's pretty important in your life. Teach us how to pray. The passage that Adam started teaching last week, I encourage you to go back in that message. It's so important to grasp what Adam's talking about last week. And I'm gonna continue in the second half of this message. But I wanna reiterate, like they wanted to know, tell us how to pray. And I want to read this starting in Luke 11, 1 through 4. And then I want to maybe peer into the light a little bit. I ask the Lord just to open our eyes and let us see a little bit clearer. Luke 11, starting 1, go to verse 4. So we'll just read a little bit. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples to pray. They saw this as a very important element of Jesus's life. I pray it becomes a very important element of each one of our lives. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father. Adam talked about this, that word being Abba, Daddy, This was revolutionary. This would have been like mind-bending stuff for them to understand God as dad. Dad, hallowed be your name. Like holy is that name, Abba. That's that's different, set apart. Praying this way is like transforming my life every single morning. And I pray you encounter Abba every morning. Think about that name being dad every single morning. Your kingdom come. I want your kingdom to move among us. Things as it is in heaven, bring it here to earth. So there's this vertical response that Adam talked about, this vertical conversation, and now it begins to turn horizontal. After I've done the vertical work, now I begin to look this way. Jesus teaches us this. I have this encounter that then moves to this encounter. Verse three, give us each day our daily bread. 
give us each day our daily bread. John Calvin, I was reading some of the commentary, he said like, to make this mean anything other than daily bread is to like minimize God's care for your daily physical body needs. God knows that you have physical body needs and he wants to supply those every single day. But here's the unique thing. Like as you spend time in this, I pray that we listen to him because I'm praying through the Lord's prayer. And man, the other day, I'm just praying through this as I'm studying it. And I get to this place and I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to pray? And he was like, I told you how to pray. I'm like, it's just the first thought that came into my mind. I'm like, okay. So I start going down the line of that prayer and I get to this part, uh, Father, give me this day my daily bread. And I heard this thought in my mind right then. I said, stop. The next thought in my mind was, what did I say about daily bread? And I remember the verse all of a sudden, and it says that the Holy Spirit, the Bible says the Holy Spirit brings to remembrance things we're meant to know. And so I pray as you begin to receive maybe like verses that come into your mind, do you understand that the one who brings to remembrance his word is the Holy Spirit? Like consider those things. And so I'm just taking that as a conversation from God. I'm going, okay, you said that your bread, Jesus said, his bread was to do the will of his father. He says, I want you to pray that. I was like, okay, well, Lord, on top of like physical bread, I guess, like make it clear, like send me where you want me to go. Like give me today my daily assignment. (laughs) And like what happened when I began to believe because the scripture says like pray and then actually be watchful, like believe When you go through a day like that, after you've prayed something like that, every encounter you're like, oh my gosh, like how did this happen? Like running into people, miracle, encounter. If you want a daily encounter with God, some of you want to really encounter God. I believe it starts in conversation with God. He's invited you into encounter, talk to him. He wants to encounter you, talk to him. And then he gives us this roadmap of how we can talk to him. So supply every one of my needs. I don't know if you know this. God wants to supply your daily needs. Anybody worried in the room? I get it. Worry for nothing. I get it. But I believe the more we do something, the more normal something gets. And the more you begin to see God's provision on the daily I believe the greater our faith begins to grow, we begin to trust actually this word because we see him come through day after day after day after day. I invite you into the daily encounter with him. This is our daily encounter. Then he goes into, forgive us our sins for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Does anybody want to pray that? Hey, God, forgive me, because, man, I'm forgiving everybody. Anybody want it? Like, anybody else got a pause in their heart? (laughs) Jesus gives us these words to have deep contemplative encounter. If we pray this and contemplate this every single day, I believe it brings us to the place of like, I'm not able to do it. 
And Lord, unless you just like grace me with like forgiveness today, like I'm so unworthy. And the more we experience God's grace like there in that place, I believe then, I'm not saying easier, forgiveness takes on a new thing. It gets heavier. I was talking to one of my dear friends who was talking to a young group of guys and uh, they go to a Christian school in the area and they were telling him that like, I, I get it, God forgave us. Like, tell us some of the other stuff. And we were having a conversation. If that's the place and the heart that maybe we're sitting in and we're like, no, I get it, God forgives us. Then you absolutely do not get that God forgives you. Like you, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. Because the daily encounter of God's forgiveness is like so awesome and wonderful. Like it gets sweeter and sweeter as you receive and receive and receive. This is meant to be the daily encounter of forgiveness from God to you and then daily forgiveness from me to everybody around me. And I believe that like, I don't know how to say this, the longer we like withhold forgiveness, it's like the debts pile up in our bank account and it feels like we got a lot to protect back here, if that makes sense. If this is a daily encounter that we have with the king and he's forgiving us every single day, but yet we're processing the forgiveness that we extend to others every single day, I don't have a large bank that's got this like giant wall dammed up to keep this holding back, you know? And some of us like, we don't realize what kind of freedom this is gonna be when that dam just breaks open and all of that stuff that we're holding back gets released and we don't gotta hold it back anymore. Jesus tells a story for us to like understand this. And I just wanna like highlight it for us. And this is like part of the message that I believe can be like kind of bright to our eyes because it's like, I don't know if I like that. I just wanna tell you Jesus' words. And he told this story in Matthew 18 when Peter like looked at him and he was like, hey, Jesus, like how many times should we forgive somebody? Like until it's just kind of like done, you know? Anybody ever ask yourself that question? You got somebody in your life, you're like, I mean, God, how many times do I really got to forgive this person? Like enough's enough. Try to get screwed over by them. Let's just be done with them. So Peter looks at him, he's like, hey, like seven times? Jesus looks at him, he's like, more like 70 times seven. Just meaning like an infinite amount, like over and above. I want to be very clear about the word. There's no parameters for forgiveness. There's just an invitation to forgive. I want you to receive that for you today. God doesn't have parameters to forgive you. And we're going to talk about that in a second. He just invites you to ask for forgiveness and he wants to give it to you because he's that kind of good. It's that kind of different. And that daily encounter is so challenging because that's not my nature. I don't know if it's yours. It's not mine. God is really, really good. But then Jesus tells this story to like illustrate this position. 
And he said this, he said, therefore, the kingdom of heaven, this is important when we say kingdom come, God, your kingdom come. Jesus is going to talk about kingdom. He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. That means it's the heart of God to settle account. Have you ever thought about that? Jesus' coming was to settle accounts. He desired to settle accounts with you. He made a way for the account to be settled. He began to tell a story, and I won't read this whole story, but he basically talks about this king who offered a ton of money to a guy, and the guy comes back after he desires to settle the account, brings him in, and the guy's like, I can't pay this back. And the king's like, throw him and his whole family in the jail until this debt's paid back. He's like, no, please, I'll pay it back. I promise I'll pay it back. And there is no way on God's green earth that this amount of money could ever be paid back. The king, it's, the word is like in pity. And one of my favorite Greek words in the Bible is splachna. That word pity means splachna is the Greek word there. And it means like from his guts. It sounds like, you know? It's like in your guess, it's like, just see it. It's like the king has like gut level pain for this guy, feels for him, and then goes, you know what? The debt's released, man. Nothing held against you. You know what? The guy leaves in great joy, but guess what he does? He goes down the street and he finds somebody who owes him a little bit finds him and it says he begins to choke this guy out and he's like, pay me what you owe me. And the guy's like, I'll pay you, I promise I'll pay you, I'll pay you, but just give me time, I don't have what it takes. He says, I don't care. And he has this man thrown into jail. Some of the king's servants hear that this man has done this, go back to the king and tell what happened. Then, This master was summoned back to the king, and here's what the king said in verse 32 of Matthew chapter 18. You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me, just because you asked. And should not have you had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you. And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until, listen to this, until he should pay all his debt. So also, this is Jesus' words, y'all. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. He turns you over to a jailer. I believe, I believe that forgiveness is the freedom from the prison of unforgiveness. So basic and so simple. But in this passage, like, it it hasn't ever made sense to me because I'm like, what does that mean? Like, if I don't forgive, like, we just get cast into hell for a time and then, like, you pay off the debt, then you get released. No, I, I believe what that's talking about is the here and now. Unforgiveness, if anybody's living in that today, is like a literal torment of a prison cell. I mean, it cages you in, starves you out. Not only you, but everybody in your family. It affects everyone. 
And I believe this prayer that Jesus invites us into is because this story and that prayer, if we're all very honest, forgiveness is not in our natural man or woman. It's just not. It's not natural. It's supernatural. It's godlike. And if anybody today desires freedom, like you want God-level freedom, he wants to give that to you every single day. Or he would have told us this. He tells us this so that you can be freed. Jesus came to bring the truth and to bring light into a dark world. This is revolutionary to what they had believed. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Jesus said, forgive them. Do you want to experience freedom? Forgive. But here's the reality. I have no power to forgive unless I receive the power from the king who forgave me. It starts with the king. And to the level and extent that I receive his forgiveness upon my life is the level and extent that I will extend to their lives. Release debt daily. I invite us into the place of freedom. Release debt daily. God wants to release your debt daily, every second. He desires to. Doesn't want to hold it over your head. Come to him. Be forgiven. Receive. But here's how I once thought about forgiveness. And then I'll I'll close with this. I don't know about you. Here's what I I believe forgiveness was like. I believe forgiveness was like me coming to Jesus and me like expressing to him my junk and Jesus going to the father and being like, hey, uh, father, it's about Jay again. Like I'm back. And Jesus is like, look, like I know he's got no case, but like, please, like, please. Like he's serious this time. It's gonna be different next time. Like just like, I know you're good, but like, please. You know, like when nobody has a good case before a judge, you like appeal to emotion. Like there's only emotion. There's no like good evidence. It's just all an appeal of emotion. I really believed it was kind of like that. And I, in my heart was like, hey, when is like God just gonna kind of be done? And probably to be honest, he is kind of done. Did like three days in a row. And I'm like, surely after day three, I'm like, hey, I know you don't wanna hear from me, but like I'm back again. It's the appeal of mercy. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. But 1 John 1, 9 says something a little bit different. And I pray it hits us a little bit different. It says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's about justice. That word transforms everything. Like he's consistently faithful but he's just to forgive. Like I'm about justice. So here's actually what's going down. When I bring my stuff, like my sin before the king, which he talks about it being like a debt that I owe. I bring my debt that's on payment. Jesus stands before Father God and he comes and he goes, hey, I'm coming today for justice. I'm bringing before you all the evidence. Justice is served for my man Jay. His debt is canceled today. 
I'm just to say it. And the king stands in justice. When you bring your debt to the king, the debt was paid. It's just. The cross is everything. And I encourage you today, you can either enter into relationship today with Father, like Abba Father, and have your debt canceled by simply coming to the cross of Jesus today. Come there. What else can you do to earn the favor of God? Nothing. Scripture says nothing. You have no case. You have an appeal of mercy, and that's it. Jesus paid every bit of every penalty you owe. Every debt was paid for on the cross. And he welcomes you to come to him and receive absolute forgiveness, have all the debts canceled. And just like Kelly talked about, have the page like turned up and brand new. And that's not just the one time. And now guys, if you've entered in as his like kids, every single day, we're meant to have that brand new encounter where the page is like, open back up and it's brand new every single day. You are meant to have that encounter every single day. And that forgiveness doesn't get old. It gets sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. And as it gets sweeter and sweeter and sweeter, my life begins to change more and more and more. And then from that place, from that place, he then says, oh, and then lead us not into temptation. <laughs> Most of my prayer is about, God, where are you taking me? What are you going to do for me? Smallest little line is like where I'm headed. Everything else is like relationship here. And then what he desires to extend through you here. Where you go and what your life is doing, this is really like the main crux of it all right here. And then, Lord, lead me from this place, far away from even the experience maybe of Job that I might be tempted to unforgive. Like, I don't want to even step that direction. So I wanted to close today by inviting you, if you don't pray, let's start. Start today. You're welcome to start. These guys were later in life and they asked Jesus, like, hey, teach me how to pray because I've never done it. I don't know how. <laughs> So maybe you didn't know how. Use this every day. You're invited in. Start the conversation. I want to invite you into encounter and revelation every single day. You can have it. Talk to them. Open up your scripture. I just want to have a time of prayer. Let's practice. Use this as a model. Think about every word. Dad, Father in heaven, your name is so precious. Your kingdom come. Give me my daily bread today. And then do business here in, in verse four. Forgive my sins as we forgive everybody who's indebted to us. And then lead me from here. Spend some time and just talk to dad for a second. And use this maybe as that encounter today. Let him meet you.